Who are you? What do you do? Ha! Okay. My name is Sven Liebold. I'm a Vion Active. My job title is actually IOI Operative. So I have many hats. Um, I work half in development, half in brand marketing, on the creative side, and basically on all the stuff that I'm not allowed to talk about. <laughs> I do. That man too. What's the biggest change, would you say, over the past game? Um, I think we took some huge steps towards, let's say, with the introduction of our world of assassination. I think we followed through uh, a model that is more appealing than just following this, you know, there's this games as a service model out there, which is super blurry. Everybody talks about games as a service, and to us it was very important to service our players first. And that's why we went for this approach to be, uh, first of all, non-episodic anymore, in terms of the story campaign. But then uh, go all in on the live content that follows afterwards, which uh, also means in terms of the world of assassination that we went back, grabbed our season one, remastered it, added all the new features that Hitman 2 has, and put it into Hitman 2 on the same timeline. That also means everything from now on that we release under the brand of Hitman will live under one roof, one big Hitman. So essentially, in a couple of years' time, you can play like Hitman 2016 all the way to Hitman 3 or 5. I don't know what will happen. But all on one line, and every time we release something, it gets up to par with the news. It's one of the challenges with Hitman, um, trying to keep it fresh, um, just because obviously, obviously, you've got the different environments, but trying to think of new ways of how to kill someone and different outfits and that. Is that starting to become a challenge because it's now such a mature uh, game series? No, I mean definitely. And also, you have to think about that this game is around it's almost 20 years now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. So it went to a couple of games generations actually and, and especially with Hitman where we now at we are actually pretty proud of that because we actually see it as an evolution of from where we started yeah right and the new tech and our, our new ideas always opens new doors so I, I think it's still exciting it's still uh, very refreshing it has some sort of old-school appeal to it yeah. I think yeah, yeah but on the other hand it has a lot of faith that makes it appealing to the gamers what they want now yeah. with the move away from the episodic sensing do you find that's a thing that fans are finding better uh, or yourselves as a studio obviously episodically you kind of maybe got a bit more time to dwell on each mm -hmm. installment rather than doing the whole thing and do you feel that's not only benefited yourself as a studio mm -hmm. or hindered yourself with it you know and how have the fans reacted to that move well uh I think it was pretty much a, a, a split sort of opinion. I mean, for us as a studio, it was super successful going episodic. And uh, like I said, a lot of gamers appreciated that as well. Because, yeah, as I said earlier, a lot of generations of gamers went through Hitman. And I think what Episodic did for us is sort of re-educated people on what a Hitman game is all about. Because we put out one location and then the people were pretty much stuck with it for a month. But then they realized, so, oh, wait a minute, this game is about replayability. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we don't want to make it a chore. We want people to, oh, I have to do this now. I want to try out another way. And then it sort of clicked with the people again what this game is all about. And that's what puts us now in a position that we actually can release all of the story missions in one go because people have an expectancy with what is it doing right so 
And on the other hand, we doubled up on all the live content. So we sort of took best of both worlds and that puts us in the position that we're in right now. Talk about the kind of replayability. How should you kind of, obviously, point A to point B, go in, kill a man, job done. Mm-hmm. But how does the kind of studio start developing the ideas of dropping a toilet on a man, pushing a man off a building, blowing up a racing car, <laughs> putting him for a printing press. Right, right. When does the candy shop him? What and Gore appear, you know what I mean, in the kind of right, overall right. tapestry? I mean, it's 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 sort of almost like a chaotic process to that, because uh, as you said, uh, we're all about uh, freedom of approach, right? We put the player into the map, we tell them these are your targets, and everything that happens in between is pretty much up to you, right? And the design process behind it, it usually starts with a small group of people, um, with the track leader uh, uh, being most of the time a level designer. And then uh, mostly stems from the story, how is the story framework, what sort of uh, location makes sense in terms of the story. And in case of Miami, like it was, okay, we need a race. Like, okay, race sounds awesome. And then it spins from there, like, okay, what's happening in the race? We actually, where do we put the race track? Because in terms of Miami, we had a situation that we wanted to have this home stretch uh, on a very premier spot, but that also meant that we sort of split the, the level in half. Yeah, yeah. And we had to make sure that there's some interesting stuff there and some interesting stuff there. Yeah. Yeah. So again, it's a small group of people, and then we start to paint with very wide stroke, you know, and then the sort of deduction process starts from there. Like, okay, we have the targets. Um, what sort of uh, support characters do we have in there, right? Um, and it, it really comes down to defining every purpose of every single room. There's always there's always like two main questions um, in our in our design process because we're doing this for some time, right? We sort of developed our own language around that. So, in terms of targets, we used to uh, uh, divide them by dwellers and roamers. But now, in terms of the te- technology and how we uh, uh, put an evolution on that, we actually are now able to, to mix-match those, right? The target's not always stuck in one place. Maybe something happens that will put it in another place, and you need to find out how, how do you do that and, and, and stuff like that. In, in terms of uh, the, the uh, target escalations that we had, which, which were uh, monthly, uh, you are are there any plans to have any other famous people? Like we had Gary Boosie. Um, in, in the last hit man, are there any plans to have anyone famous in again? Yeah, we definitely go all in with the elusive targets. It will be pretty awesome. Yeah. And I, special regards to what you just said, I think you'll be very surprised to our first. Oh, okay. yeah. <laughs> That's all I'm going to say. Uh, what, what's your favourite bit uh, in the new Hitman game? What's your favourite? Two, two questions. And what's your favourite way to kill someone in the new Hitman game? Uh, and also, what's your what's your favourite bit about the new Hitman, either level or? Yeah, I can What's your favourite kill over the whole series as well? What's your standout kind of best way? Of the whole Hitman series? Yeah. Ever? <laughs> All of them. All of them. <laughs> yeah. There's, There's a few. There's actually one that really stood out to me. And I'm actually right now not sure if it was, I think it was Blood Money. Uh, no, it wasn't Blood Money. There was a scenery, it was like a, a house on a cliffside and there was this pool, like a glass pool, which was sort of floating, floating free in the air. And you could shoot uh, the bottom, the glass door of the pool with a sniper rifle. Yes. Yeah. in the mountains, wasn't it, with the snow? Yeah. And that would drop the target, you know. Yeah. That, yeah. That's, that felt so powerful. Yeah. Yeah. What's 
your favourite? Obviously, not all of them have released yet, but what's your favourite bit of the new Pac-Man? The new Pac-Man game? Uh, I mean, one of the favourite things I really like to do, which we were able to show here for the first time, well, at least a sneak peek, is uh, our new Columbia level, where we introduce yes. uh, foliage gameplay. Yep. So we have a full-blown jungle. You can hide bodies now in bushes and, and, and all sorts of things, and that, that puts the game on a whole different level, I think. And in terms of, there's a pretty dark kill in Miami that I really like. <laughs> Because essentially, I mean, it's, it's it's father and daughter that you have to take out, right? Because yes. they're war criminals. And let's just say there's one. Uh, it's not really opportunity because we have this opportunity system, right, where we take players a little bit by the hand hmm. and show them uh, what's possible. But after that, um, it's, it's a bit like a game of chess. The better you know the rules, you're better at the game. So after that, the player comes in and then they start up to make their own ideas about it. And some of them, we are, you know, we're tracking because we know what sort of will be happening. But, but there's always like so much stuff yeah. will pop up on YouTube where we go like, oh my God, we didn't even think about this. Yeah, yeah they'll always find it. <laughs> yeah, definitely. <laughs> Especially with elusive targets, there was this crazy speedrunner guy, Cody, who actually eliminated an elusive target in Paris by putting a fire extinguisher on a mine, shut the mine, fire extinguisher flew up the first floor balcony where the elusive target was standing and he killed him. Wow. And that will just, as a developer, you go like, yes, but... <laughs> and, uh, are there going to be uh, Easter eggs in the game as well? So um, I know uh, a few of them, um, like you can summon the Kraken by uh, sniping the bells and stuff. There's more right. of that. Like the giant brain mantis, yes. stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. definitely. Yeah. <laughs> That's going to be love some, some fun stuff. Yep. Oh, yeah, but this uh, very dark assassination moment is if you find the right timing, you can actually uh, kick down Robert Knox from a building onto the home stretch right when his daughter drives along oh, the right. car. And you can take a both out in the same time, <laughs> so yeah, that's <laughs> really cool. With the co-op feature in the sniper map, how do you find fans of finding that? Is obviously it's always been forty-seven himself, mm -hmm. and also how will co-op play a part in the future in the series? Yeah, I mean uh, the co-op in the sniper session is like one of our first baby steps to speak in multiplayer. As you can imagine, uh, Hitman is a very hard game. You just don't, uh, in terms of doing a multiplayer on it, you just wanna, don't want to slap a multiplayer on it just for the sake of it, right? And it wouldn't make any sense to have like 147s running around and killing each other, right? So um, we want to make it right and we want to find the right formula and it, it has to be our own formula and that as well. And in terms of Sniper Assassin, I think it's a pretty cool formula. I mean, uh, it's not really reinventing the wheel, but uh, we're introducing two new characters, Stone and Knight, to the universe, which I think is, is a great step. And uh, I think the way it plays out, how we balance it is pretty cool because in Sniper Assassin you have different sorts of ammunition, right? You can shoot through walls, body piercing armor, you have like this uh, sort of detonation armor, ammo, and uh, it's actually divided up between two players, so nobody has everything. So you actually need to talk to each other. Uh, you take out these targets, you can mark up targets and stuff like that. And for the future, yeah, I mean, it's definitely something we're looking at, uh, um, especially since we're now in the position of the whole world of assassination, not only to release new maps or locations or missions, but release entirely new game modes. And it's certainly something you are can look forward to. I don't know if it's, if it's physically possible, but are there any plans to potentially, you know, the custom contracts you make to be able to share those across console? Because although it's not kind of gameplay across consoles, but it'd be great if someone, if you've got a friend on the PlayStation 4 and you can play his contract on the yeah, Xbox. Yeah, I mean, definitely. It's one feature that I'd, I'd, I'd love to have, because 
having friends on different consoles, and you can download their contracts? Yeah, I mean, I, I think we would actually be open to that, but uh, off the record, Sony is not happy about that. No. <laughs> I, know, I know, yeah, yeah. It'd just be a really awesome thing. It's actually, I think it's more problem with stakeholders of the, of the platform holders than uh, a developer. Yeah, it's like cross-play as such, is it? It's just more mm. a, a setup, if you like. Yeah. No, definitely. I mean, as I said, I mean, every developer is pretty much open to that, but it really comes down to the rules for every platform. Any plans for a Hitman game on the Switch? On Switch? Yeah. Not, not, not as I know of, or the <laughs> like Bingo. Uh, uh, it's, yeah, I mean... I guess the, the, the recent ones might be a bit too big for the That's Switch. That's the thing, it's a very technically demanding game, yes.